Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by the College Parent Survival Network, presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Larissa Stone. Troubled teen years led to serving overseas in the military. Struggling with life after war and the many layers of PTSD, Larissa's life focus became healing and discovering painting as a way to reconnect to heart and soul. Discovering her path to healing has been the greatest accomplishment of her life. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Larissa. Larissa, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I think it's so good to be here. <laughs> I'm giggling because we we tried this before and <laughs> it did not work. Thank you, technology. Um, yes. But now it's working, so this is very exciting. Um, nice, I'm nice. really I'm really excited to learn about your story because you know we have certainly emailed each other, but I don't know the depth of, you know, your emerging adult years, the decisions that you made and kind of that kind of stuff. So we're just going to dive right in. So first question right out of the gate, why don't you tell the listeners, where did you grow up? And then what were you hearing either from your immediate family and or from kind of the community in which you were raised about post-secondary education? Sure. So I grew up in Oklahoma, kind of the Midwest area I, um, really small town. We didn't have any red lights, lived on a dirt road. So very small. (laughs) Um, I really didn't hear much about the academic side of college. I was a very good athlete. And so that was kind of what was supposed to be my way out, um, going to college. But I really don't remember too much. You know, I heard it from school and things of that nature, but it wasn't super big conversation in my family, although it was an expectation. Um, so there wasn't a really good foundation to draw from on what I thought I was supposed to do going to college. I just thought you had to go and college was my way. I, I kind of forego the thought of like, oh, actually, do you have to do like schoolwork when I go to college and stuff? I can't just play ball all the time. <laughs> so, you know, that was kind of my original thoughts. And then as I got closer, you know, junior high and high school, um, I played softball, fast pitch softball, and that was kind of the main focus. And again, I knew I had to have good, good grades going in, and I did. But the thought of like picking a degree or what I wanted to do with my life at that point, like I just want to play sports. That's all I want to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was an interesting, um, you know, neither of my parents had a lot of college. I think they had a few classes here and there, but no degrees, uh, more of like a journeyman's process. My dad was in construction. So I understood longe- longevity and career, but not necessarily laying the foundation to get that. So knowing that kind of that was the buildup for, you know, you know, the end of high school, what was the ultimate decision that you ended up making? Did you go to school? Were you a student athlete? Like, what was your emerging adult immediately? Like, you know, Larissa at age 18, what happened? Yeah, definitely. So that's where it gets a little like after school program style. I, I got into drugs and partying pretty heavy in high school. Um, And I was on the way to a softball scholarship. I ended up dropping out of school, out of high school, kind of becoming a hooligan. And, you know, I had some family dynamics, parents divorced when in my teenage years. So uh, there were those struggles. So I actually just didn't think about it at all. I just kind of became like the town success to the town degenerate pretty quick. And, you know, not any different than a lot of kids that go through those experiences. But uh, I dropped out and I was a sophomore and um, didn't really think about much. And then I got into a lot of trouble on just on the right side of trouble. You know, I didn't um, 
do anything too for unforgivable. Um, but I realized really quickly that wasn't the route I was going to go. Um, if I did stay on that route, I was probably going to go to jail or add in all kinds of terrible things that could happen. So I drove past an army billboard and I thought that would probably be the best way to get out of, you know, in a small town, it's hard to get away from what you've kind of been labeled. And so I knew I needed to get far away. So I actually joined the military and got off the continent. I went to Germany for six years. Um, I joined when I was 19. So, you know, from 16 to 18, I was, I was uh, testing the boundaries of life a little bit. And luckily, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the military, that was kind of my second chance. And it was after 9-11. And I really didn't have much thought of going to war or anything. I was just thinking, kind of stay out of jail, get on a better path. Um, but quickly, I was deployed right after I um, got into the military and spent three years in Iraq. And that definitely shaped um, quite a bit of my emerging adulthood, um, not really knowing um, the politics side or understanding a lot of it and then just kind of being thrown into it. Um, which, you know, and looking back now, I can kind of see a lot of times that's what college uh, experience is for some kids. You just kind of get thrown out there. With, you can't really know what college is like until you're there. Same goes for war. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It deep end, right? You sign up for the military yeah. and they're like, well, off you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, it, wow. you know, looking back, it was the best decision I could have made. Um you know, I think whatever, it's almost trading one trauma for another, you know, it just, the military had a little bit better perks than um, say things like jail. <laughs> so looks a little better on a resume. Um, so it was um, life changing in many, many facets. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. And then you, you alluded to this. So you were in the army for six years. Correct. So you're in Iraq and you were also in Germany. Were you Correct. anywhere else? Uh, no, I did my whole tour in Germany. And then okay. for half of that, I was just, uh, I did two tours of Iraq right after the uh, initial shock and awe. So we were in the folks that kind of got extended and stop lost. And that was my military career. Wow. Yeah. So then at what point, I mean, six years, what happens next? And at that point, you're 20, what, 25? Yeah, just about. And so the college was the only reason I went into the military, not saying anything bad about other people who do it for different reasons, but it was just an opportunity to get college money. And I felt very passionate about that. I almost died several times, saw a lot of life and death around me happening. And so it was for a very real reason. So when I got out, I was highly motivated. Uh, also, highly wrapped up in PTSD and all those things that come with uh, war and military in general. And I just jumped right into school. I was home in Oklahoma for about a month and I was enrolled in school. I had an apartment and I had a job. So basically no downtime to kind of process what just happened in my life. Um, but I would, like I said, I was highly motivated. I almost died to get my education. A lot of people didn't get that opportunity. So I took it extremely serious um, almost too serious. So you can kind of go that route as well. And I just, um, it was, it became a PTSD distraction um, to be a good student. So I was getting A's and succeeding in everything I did there, but definitely outside of the college experience, I was pretty shut down, pretty isolated, um, having a lot of self-medicating issues still, 
you know, so it was on the outside, it looked great on the inside. It didn't feel so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, c- coping so hard, right? Oh, like how totally. people cope. Yeah. Even the classes I took, everything was psychology based. Um, you know, I figured what better way to learn about PTSD in my brain than to learn about PTSD in the brain. So um, that was, you know, looking back, it's all the healing journey that I had started in those because I, I, it made a lot of sense. You know, my amygdala was having issues. I can kind of, I wasn't just feeling crazy, you know, it kind of was, had a medical basis and that made it right. a lot more acceptable. And that makes it challenging for you to be a student, right? Even though you were saying like, hey, I, on the outside, like I looked good. The reality is it's, it's almost like that duck syndrome, right? From the outside, you look like you've got it together and the totally. water is like, you know, calm and like just yeah, it doesn't look like you're working, but you're working really hard underneath to just keep it together. Totally. And it's a lot of the um, unseen wounds of war that people talk about, you know, feeling afraid of just being in new environments and not having people around you who could react to a situation. Like you always think a bomb's going to go off or some of those things. So kind of just being on edge quite a bit and even just the maturity level. I had, I really struggled with that. Um, you know, I had just seen people die and things of that nature. And so being in class with maybe an 18 year old who is just at home with parents going to college, so different experiences, I didn't feel uh, very close to the people I was in school with. And I think that really made it challenging as I got further into school um, about having a good support system. I just didn't feel like I, I jived with people. And a lot of that was my own um, kind of pride and thinking, well, these folks don't know what stress is like and kind of having that feeling. So it was a it was a big uh, breakthrough to kind of start meeting people. And as I got further into social work school, you know, it's social work is pretty raw. So if you have any emotional things you need to go through, it'll probably come up in a social work class, which it did all the time. (laughs) So you're like filleted open every semester. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's, uh, that's a brutal image to picture. And yet it's so true. I mean, I I got my not to change the subject, but to really empathize, I got my master's in counseling. And it was like, welcome to two plus years of your own intensive like journey. And because you're you're helping other people, you got to really make sure that you've, you have the self awareness, and you've also done your own healing process. So I know I, I completely, um, I, yeah, I completely empathize for kind of where you're at, especially being a student. And again, here you are, like you want to take advantage of it because you earned it. Totally. Literally. Definitely. You're listening to the Success is Subjective podcast, and I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. As a reminder, if you've missed any past episodes, you can catch them on Apple Podcasts. My guest today is Larissa Stone. Okay, so back to it. <sighs> where do you go from here? Right. So now you're like, you're telling us that you've been filleted open every semester, which, which, you know, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to say, like, you know what, because of that, you know, almost like a parallel process for your own healing journey, but then also from an educational standpoint of like gaining the skills that you need to be able to be a quality social worker, whatever it is that you decide that you want to do with that degree. So how, I mean, I'm, I'm going a little bit off script, so you can actually shut me down if you don't want to answer this, but I'm just <laughs> no kind problem. of curious. We talk about grief and trauma often with young adults. And I think you also hit on it 
this this idea of perception right mm-hmm. like i these other people around me don't understand stress like you have experienced it which is probably true right the majority of them certainly have not experienced being deployed but right. have they experienced stress and has their body responded similarly to you know basically meeting the that diagnostic criteria for PTSD so i'm just kind of curious again this is me saying i'm going off script so we can totally cut this out if you don't feel comfortable but in order to move forward to help yourself how did you heal yeah so it's a, a long process i think i was very flexible in the healing process, I, I swore that, you know, the military got six years of my life. They weren't getting any more in my mind or in my spirit. I really wanted to use it to go forward. And I think, I don't know, having my experiences of being so dramatic, um, you know, not everybody, like you said, has gone to war, but I really learned that pain and despair and depression, all that stuff is relative. So someone could have the same feelings I was having. And that was very empowering. Um, I was able to open up with people and that gave them the opportunity to also open up. So if you have a veteran saying, no, your pain is still important. um, It was very powerful in a lot of my classes. And that really kind of got me to thinking about how um, we kind of are chronically stressed out, chronically, mildly stressed out in American culture. And I just was determined to try anything. So I tried the VA therapies, wasn't super satisfied. Um, You know, they do the best they can Um, for my situation. um, It was a little bit different. So I just tried any therapy that somebody would give me. Um, I've done sound therapy, water therapy, Reiki energy work, um, regular talk therapy, um, things like that. So everything for me just led, rolled right into another. I was like peeling back the onion. So Um, I never wanted to stay stagnant because I was growing in that process. Every time you go through something pretty traumatic and you accept it and um, let it go or integrate it into your life, um, there's a growth process. So I would never want to use the same roadmap. I would, people ask me, well, what can I do? Well, it's, you have to find your roadmap. You know, I can give you suggestions, but your journey is so different than mine um, because we're so individual. And so I just had this desire and I think just something in my personality to always grow and change. When I'm 80, I hope to still be uncovering things I can change and grow about myself. Um, So I, looking back, I can really be grateful for a lot of the experiences I had because I wouldn't be who I am today. And I, I like myself. I'm a pretty amazing person, I think. So I, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good transition um, to go from healing to healed. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, we never stop healing, um, but I got so many tools in my toolbox of emotional care um, that it's, that is my success is being yeah. in a place where I can feel healed, whether it's college or not. Um, but that was just kind of my process. I was in school for about 10 years. Um, so I did college for quite a bit and I had a lot of time to perfect that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I just, again, I studied psychology, holistic health and social work. And so all those combined, what I was learning in classes, I just applied to my life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very blessed actually that I got to go to school and heal at the same time. Well, it sounds really like, again, the uh, it'd be different if you went to school to be an engineer, right? Because yes. that healing process is like, well, it's supplemental because you're seeking therapy outside of class, but you're literally doing therapeutic work, like 
day in and day out. And it sounds like you did it the entire time you were a student, right? So it wasn't just about being a student in the classroom, but it really was kind of your own, your own personal kind of healing journey. Yeah, definitely. Once I saw the information um, was relevant to what I was going through, I soaked it up. I mean, it was just, I was very motivated to be be there because I earned that opportunity. But I was also, I saw the, um, I guess, light at the end of the tunnel, if I could really apply these things that I was learning, who cares if I ever helped anybody in social work, but this is going to help me, you know, and from that place only can I um, bring good changes. So it was, yeah, it was, um, not to say it was always fun <laughs> by any well, stretch. Imagine being filleted open every yes. semester. <laughs> yes. Imagine like 30 people with you in your counseling sessions. That's kind of what it felt like. You know, you always think the preacher's talking just to me. That's what it felt like with the professors a lot. <laughs> like, That's another great visual. So, okay. <laughs> Did you, I mean, it sounds like you got your degree. So I'm curious too, and, and you you made it sound, again, I'm, I'm not going to make an assumption. So maybe I'll, I'll pause really quick. It sounds like you got your degree and, or degrees. And it sounds like to your, regardless of whether or not you're actually working in that field, that the experience was positive. So I'm just kind of curious because again, I, I'm, I'm getting to know you because I don't know you. So what are you doing for work right now? Um, it's funny you ask nothing at the moment. <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking the winter off to just focus. I'm, I'm also an artist. I do a lot of painting and, um, I just decided to take the winter off. I live in snowy Colorado mountains where it's pretty nasty outside for someone who doesn't like cold weather. So I'm taking the winter off and, um, but I was doing, you know, uh, customer service, things of that nature. I really Uh, I did social work jobs right after I graduated from um, college and it was still pretty stressful. It was Mm -hmm. still pretty. um, I still had a lot of uh, things to work through that I didn't think wasn't appropriate to do when I had clients in front of me. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, it's not their job to help me through my healing process still. So I haven't really found the niche that I wanted to use social work with I really want to find something out of the box, like with art. Um, I really enjoyed, I had boys and girls club internships and that was really where my passion um, lied was children teaching them how to um, be with their emotions through art. And that just, that opportunity hasn't came yet in life. So I'm still just the artist and the healing person and we'll see what the universe brings. (laughs) Well, I, and I think you, I mean, you, you said this earlier, even, you kind of alluded to it. Um, I'm going to ask you this question because I ask everybody this. Do you see yourself as successful? Oh, 110%. I think everyone has a a scale of what they can measure success to. Some of it's money, some of it's um, maybe doing a political work for activism, things of that nature. Uh, For me, it was healing. I, you know, my father's a Vietnam veteran and I, I saw the repercussions of not healing in that relationship. And, it seemed crazy for me to lose myself in that six year period, even if it took my whole life to get myself back. That was kind of the process. And now that I have uh, got there to a place I can say I'm I'm healed from a lot of those old wounds, that's more success than I could ever imagine in my life. Um, I can meet people and have authentic relationships. I can um, not have assumptions about my environment. I can still be aware and not be paranoid you know, things like that, that I, I'm never going to 
not be in the world. I can't take a pill and make the world calm down, you know? So I really had to find a way to balance my experiences with what was going to continue to happen. I'll continue to have moments where I have, I'm triggered. I'll continue to have like everybody get annoyed at people, get mad at people, but how am I going to react? And all of the lessons that I've learned have kind of brought me to the point where I can make an honest uh, decision about the reaction I'm going to have. And sometimes it's crappy. You know, sometimes I make a crappy reaction, you know, and that's okay too. So I think having that awareness and just the acceptance of sometimes my crazy emotions and my crazy mind, my monkey mind sometimes just goes, 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 and I can't control everything. And I get a little freaked out in a grocery store or whatnot. But I remind myself I've come so far. And, you know, kudos to those who this may resonate with, because we're all walking around with a lot of deep, dark stuff, even just living in the times we are these days, you know, we've got a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty. And I think just having the confidence to know that I can make it through my day, even if it's a bad day, I can see myself through the other side of that. That's success mm -hmm. for me. So if you could give one piece of advice then to a young adult, whether it's, you know, eight, 16 to 18 year old Larissa, who, you know, is kind of going the path that you're on, or just generically somebody that is kind of struggling with something in adulthood, what advice would you give them? Getting to know oneself, intuition, really relying on your self-confidence, especially when you're young. I was very impressionable, whether it was drugs or the military or my thoughts of that if I had to go to college type of thing. Um, just to really be around people who's going to encourage you to think for yourself. I think that's really big in these times, just being able to find information that resonates with you and stay true to your character and to your integrity. Um, but just also don't give up you know, there's plan A, B, C, D, et cetera, et cetera. I, I didn't think my life was going to turn out in my young adulthood. Who, who imagines, you know, for one, who imagines smoking meth and then a few months later being in Baghdad, you know, so it's, it's, I think we sell ourselves short so many times because we're not matching up to what we see. Um, but you create what you want to do. You know, if it's not there, create it. I love that. Okay. So because I know somebody's going to be listening to this story and they're just going to want to connect with you, whether they're kind of having their own similar experiences and want to just like reach out for kind of a, a, you know, a point of support, a mentor, just like somebody that they can lean on. How can folks connect with you? Um, probably easiest through email. And we'll make sure that we actually plug that into um, the show notes. Okay. So for anybody that's listening, check out the show notes. Uh, it'll have Larissa's email address and you can reach out to her there. <sighs> Thank you so much for taking the time to of course. literally s sit down with me on this. Col uh, it, uh, it's cold here in Michigan today. And so I'm, I'm resonating with you, though. I do like <laughs> the cold, so I'd oh, rather no. be outside. <laughs> But I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thanks yeah. again for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate um, you having this platform to get the word out. Like I said, I think things are pretty boxed in still. And it's nice to just hear different opinions of what success is. So we don't have to feel like we're not measuring up. We can make our own measuring stick. 100%. I feel like I should change the name of this podcast to not measuring <laughs> up, right? Something like that. Yeah. Somebody's gonna be like, what? Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely. <sighs> Okay, awesome. That's 
that's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world. You can follow me, Joanna, on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. Most importantly, though, check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com. And that's L-I-L-L-E-Y consulting.com. Or you can just search on Google for Lily Consulting. You can also download and subscribe to listen to the Success is Subjective interviews on any popular podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it. 